everybody. Welcome to the Soulfully Awakened podcast. I am your host, Nicole, and welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited that you guys are here. I am going to be introducing you to a new series that I'm starting called Soulful Sessions. So these soul sessions are meant to introduce you to amazing people and souls that I have met either through Instagram or in my life, giving them a platform to speak, to show up, and to share their medicine with you. So for my first guest, I have somebody that I have known for about a year now. We met through Instagram. We've never met in person. We've talked several times on the phone. And this guest is Amber Lackey. Amber is a women's holistic health therapist, a practitioner of the Arvigo techniques of Mayan abdominal massage therapy. So welcome, Amber. Thank you for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited to dive into all of this work. I think this is super important work that you're doing, and I can't wait for everybody to hear from you. So I guess the first question is, what does it mean to be a womb worker or a womb healer? What does that mean? Um, well, I think it can take many different forms, but for me, um, I practice um, body work, and I have for 13 years. Um, and I work physically with the womb space through body work. I do um, the Mayan abdominal therapy, the Arvigo technique um, that you mentioned. And that is a, it's an abdominal massage. Um, but I do other modalities to kind of support that healing as well. Um, I do yoni steaming. Um, I do some herbal formulas for um, people that I work with, and I also get into the um, the spiritual practices of menstruation and mm-hmm. dive into a holistic view of um, also the somatic um, expressions of womb work, so working with um, releasing held emotions mm-hmm. in womb. Um, for women, that is a place that we tend to hold a lot. And um, a lot of emotions will come up through this work. Um, so I work with the women a lot of different ways. I hope that answers your question. Um, no, that's perfect. I, <laughs> I love that. So what, what got you started to really working with the sacred feminine and really diving into womb work? Um, well, I have always been really drawn to... Um, female sexuality and um I've been really drawn to the female body since I was young actually um when I was young I was really excited to start my period um (laughs) I was really intrigued by like I said female sexuality I really like I was excited to lose my virginity (laughs) when I was young um (laughs) I was like very just intrigued by the female body and um, just the expression of sexuality in many different ways, whether that be through menstruation or birth or whatever. Um, I was just so fascinated by it. So I think that a seed was like planted when I was very young to do this work. Um, But as I got older, um, I started to 
uh, feel a little bit of shame around that. I grew up in the Bible Belt um, in Western North Carolina. You can probably tell by my accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the culture is very, like, patriarchal and very afraid of feminine sexuality and all the different forms, whether that be menstruation, birth, whatever. Um, so there was a lot of shame around that. Um, I remember being young and being like, you know, slut shamed for having sex with my boyfriend when I was 16 and just a lot of things that kind of dimmed that light in me and made me realize that it was not okay to be interested in that and to be who I was. And um, so I kind of silenced it and I learned that my value was placed in, you know, getting married and having kids and, um, you know, those traditional roles. And so I kind of fell into that for a little bit and I got married at 21. Um, I had my first child at 24 and I kind of disappeared. And it wasn't until um, my son was about two years old that I started to really um, think about what I wanted and who I was again. And when I did, it led me into this practice of menstruality. And basically all that is, is uh, menstrual awareness and mm -hmm. understanding how the different phases of your cycle um, affect you and your energy as a woman and how you change throughout your cycle. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of what led me back to myself and what I was passionate about. And um, that kind of like opened it up and I started studying more and more and more and getting to know my own self in my own womb. And yeah, it just kind of spiraled into like this passion of like loving this practice of menstruality and loving um, just working with the womb space. And yeah, it led me to where I am today. <laughs> so I, I love that. And I love that you, you embody what you actually teach. Like you're not just teaching about you know, menstruality, about womb wisdom. It's like you actually embodied it because I've known you before. You've really actively been putting this work out there the way you are now. And it's like, you guys, Amber actually, like, actually walks the talk. Like what she talks and teaches about, she's all about. And that's what I love about you. And I think that this is such a beautiful paradigm shift because growing up, just think about like, you know, like how when you're on your period, everything is so secretive and it makes, you know, everything about it just doesn't seem sacred and beautiful. And one of the things that I taught myself and learned over the past several years is the power of all the different phases of my moon cycle and learning about the history of actually menstruality and like bleeding and the wisdom and the power and then how men actually worshiped women when they were all bleeding together and just thought it was so powerful how we would bleed every month and how we could you know we would never we couldn't die and so the the shift that has happened with patriarchy and just women feeling shameful around their periods around bleeding and around being sexual i think that people like you in this work are really helping to dismantle 
all of that old stagnant energy and, and waking people up, especially women and men and saying, wait, wait a minute. Like, no, like we need to fucking stop the shame around periods about women, about being sexual and being in their power. It's like, it's all good. And so I really want to talk about moon cycles, like our moon cycles. I find that so fascinating. So do you want to talk a little bit about the different phases of moon cycles and give a little bit of um, background about the energy surrounding those moon cycles? Yeah, I would love to. That's my favorite thing to talk about. I love it. I love it. Me too. Um, so the way that I see it is, um, the menstrual cycle can be broken down into four phases, basically like four inner seasons and Mm -hmm. these seasons mirror the outer seasons. Um, so you look at it as when you bleed, you are in winter. Um, and the energy of winter is stillness, it's rest, it is, um, death, it is, you know, everything around us is dying, is in decay. Um, and we are literally having a small death inside of us. We are ending a cycle. Um, we are looking at it like the energy of the dark moon, which marks the end of the cycle. And um, as we leave our winter phase, we will go into spring. Um, but another thing I want to say about the winter phase like this is our moon time and this is the most powerful time we have as women um, to kind of journey into the other world and the veil is very thin um, between the physical world and the spiritual world for a woman during this time this is our vision time this is our dream time Um, this is just such a powerful intuitive magical time for a woman and um it's become one of the most hated times for many women, but I am really passionate about this being a sacred time for a woman to give to herself, to journey and recognize that she is literally somewhere else in this time. She is not on linear time. You know, she is not in the mundane task of normal everyday life. She is somewhere else and, and she needs permission to be there. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think that that is so key because there's so much shame and just like you said, like there's like this hate, like when you're on your period, like when you're bleeding, it's such a, such a bad thing. Like we hear so many women, I think it's just normal societal conditioning around conversation that when we are bleeding, it's like a given that we're supposed to complain about it. And really you're helping to reframe the narrative around like, whoa, like this is a really powerful time. This is your time to go through like shamanic journeys, your inner landscape to have these vision quests, to tap in deeply to your intuition. And when I learned that a few years ago, it totally changed the way that I spoke and I felt about my bleed time. And when I changed that, that narrative and mindset, my body actually followed suit And I found myself having less cramps, less pains, and just more appreciation for that phase of my menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And the menstrual phase is the phase where we, you know, we shed what 
was no longer needed in our bodies, what needs to be released. And so that's another good thing. You brought up like um, how you had less cramp and you felt better in your period. And I think a lot of times those, um, those cramps and, and the pain that we feel, that's a physical manifestation of things that need to be released. And our menstrual cycle is literally our own like built-in um, grief ritual, you know, mm, it mm-hmm. helps us release things from our body in that way. Um, so I think that was really a powerful experience you had. You, you definitely were practicing menstruality of like understanding that this is a, a sacred time and releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so after winter, I should probably get back into the faces. Yeah. <laughs> winter, we have spring. Um, so spring is our pre-ovulatory phase. Um, this is when we're building energy again and where everything is new. It's the energy of rebirth. Um, just like in springtime, you have that beautiful energy of rebirth that comes when um, the sun is back. It's warming up. They're plants blooming again. Um, it's just a new, a new phase. Um, it's a new cycle. And so there's this renewed energy. There's probably a lot more um, masculine energy, mm-hmm. meaning um, you're a little bit better about planning things, about organizing things. Um, and, and this is, I'm, I'm hesitant to like, define too much of this because this is different for every woman but um Mm -hmm. this is typically the energy felt um around this phase when you get finished bleeding it's not always as quick for every woman um sometimes it takes longer to build into this energy especially if you had a really difficult period or if you had a lot of stress or you were releasing a lot of things um it takes longer to build that energy that life force back up um, but springtime is, um, usually a favorite for a lot of women because they like the renewed energy that comes after their bleed. Um, and I could see why. Um, and then you get to your summer, which is ovulation. And that is when everything is fertile. You're fertile. <laughs> um, and ovulation, just so you know, um, don't get too stuck on like numbers as far as marking your cycle. Ovulation comes when you have um, like lubricative um, cervical mucus. So um, you'll know <laughs> when you're ovulating. <laughs> um, so ovulation is only a few days. Um, you can actually only get pregnant about six to seven days out of your cycle. Um, So ovulation, that period of summer doesn't last very long, but that's when our energy peaks. Um, That's when our sexuality usually peaks um, and our creativity usually peaks, but not always. Um, For me, I feel more sexuality and creative energy in my premenstrual phase. Um, But for a lot of women, that is how they experience ovulation. And a lot of times women will feel a little bit more nurturing or mothering around this period too. You'll have um, some women that have a lot of energy here and some women that have like a little bit of a dip in their energy, Um, which if you think about it seems kind of normal because you're possibly creating a baby and your body Mm -hmm. is gearing Mm -hmm. up for that. And that's a big thing. Um, 
And then after ovulation in summer, we obviously have fall, um, which is our luteal phase. Um, and that's our premenstrual phase. So a lot of women don't like this phase. And this <laughs> is my favorite. Well, this is menstruation. I don't know. Um, I love, love, love the premenstrual phase. It just has so much magic and medicine in it. Um, this is when our like inner witch wild woman comes out. And, mm -hmm. um, this is what I call witchcraft. <laughs> because, I love that. <laughs> because all the things that you've been like, kind of like letting roll for a while, it just kind of builds up and you're all of a sudden like, Oh no, we're not doing this anymore. Like this. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're realizing what needs to go and you're mirroring fall in that way of like fall sheds sleeves and you're shedding whatever it is that you cannot hold on to anymore. And you literally cannot hold on to it. And I think that's why a lot of women don't like this phase is because they cannot be um, the picture of like kindness or the picture of like, a good girl at this time that they let it fly and they don't like it um but i love it <laughs> um i think it's really a magical time where we feel like we can't hold in our urges to create um and i think a lot of times that's why we have these huge like um blow-ups about things because we are our body is like preparing us to go into this creative inner womb space and it's trying to draw us in but a lot of times we're still trying to be very outward and to do things like normal everyday stuff and all we want to do is just go create and go have our time and we can't always honor that and I think that's where the tension comes Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this is a really good time to review what's not working and to um, prepare to let go of things that need to be gone. Um, and I think there's a lot of magic and medicine in that. And I think that's where we start the process of um, calling back parts of ourselves as well as, you know, not just letting go, but also like remembering who we are and how we bring those parts of ourselves back in this inner phase of the cycle. I love that. And one of the things that I am really big about in my own life is I love to take out like my calendar for the month that is coming up. And I like to, on a Sunday, look at the week ahead. And I like to kind of map out the energy of the week for myself based on where I'm at in my cycle. Because I find that that really helps me to show up fully when I need to, and then to look at it and be like, okay, I am now in my winter phase. I'm going to be bleeding. So I'm going to feel a little bit more inward. So I may not want to have as many commitments or as many clients during this time. So I'm very mindful of that. And my clients always laugh when I tell them this. I'm like, but I said, I swear, once you start to map this out, you will figure out what works for you. Because I know for me, like if I have a lot of outward things to be doing, like maybe it's like we had family pictures recently and I purposely 
um, scheduled our family pictures when I was going to be ovulating because I always feel really beautiful. My skin looks really good. And I just feel so much more like outward whenever I'm ovulating. And so I'm like, you guys, you guys might laugh. I'm like, but I'm serious. Like this stuff really works. And so is that something that you do? Do you kind of plan like your, your weeks or your months, like based around your cycle? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that you might be too much in your masculine energy for me there, Nicole. <laughs> Hey, I like it. It helps me stay on track. Yeah, no, I know. And, and it's a wonderful practice. Um, I'm just making fun of myself because I'm like very <laughs> feminine and I'm just like, go with the flow. And I'm terrible uh -huh. about scheduling and um, being organized with things like that. However, I will say I, I am always aware of where I am mm -hmm. in my cycle. And I let that express itself however it needs to. And I create space for that, especially at the end of my cycle where I'm in the premenstrual or menstrual phase, mm -hmm. um, especially with the menstrual phase. Like I definitely try to allow myself retreat time no matter what, like that is so yes to me. And, you know, I'm big on like, you know, we were traveling a lot for a while and going back and forth to Charleston where we used to live. And um, I was like, okay, I will go. Um, but if I am on my period, I'm staying home. And that mm -hmm. was a hard rule for me of like, I'm not traveling um, if I don't have to while I'm on my period. Um, and I try to like plan by that, but I understand that's not always easy for everyone. And I also understand not everyone has like a clockwork cycle, you know, right. and cycles. Mm -hmm. And that thing that actually threw me off these past two months, my cycle was a little shorter. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it threw me off. I didn't, I didn't know it was time for it because I was so used to it being 28 days. Exactly. Yeah. And, sometimes you'll have variation and that'll change. Um, so I think, you know, it's great if you can do that. And it's great if you can even just like, I know you do this, like in your journaling practice, just like write what day of your cycle you're on and how you're mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just give yourself space for the expression of whatever is happening on that day. Yeah, I love that. And like, like that's part of the reason I started to do it is so I could like, it really helped me get to know myself. And I try, I've been tracking my periods for a long time now. So I know the length of my cycle. It's always about 27 to 28 days. But like you, I don't know what was going on. Like in the month of October, my, my cycle was supposed to start and it was actually instead of being 27 days, it ended up being 32 days. And I was like, what in the world? And so then I started to go back through my other years of tracking. And for whatever reason, my, my menstrual cycle always in October would be stretched out to about 30 to 32 days. And it's like, my body always wanted to start super close to Halloween. So I'm like, okay, there's like something witchy in this for me, but always. <laughs> Yeah, and that's funny because mine started early this year, and it started the day after Halloween. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like let's sync up with Samhain, and yes, I um, know, which is really awesome because 
you know, your menstrual blood is a really, I mean, I'm going to get real deep here, but like your menstrual blood is really healing for your lineage and your ancestors. Mm -hmm. And um, so having your menstrual cycle, like having your bleeding time around Samhain, the mm-hmm. we honor the ancestors. I mean, that's really powerful to have, you know, your bleeding time then. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And if you want to get nerdy about it and talk about like the cycle in itself, like you could look at like in October, what's happening when you're ovulating, like, um, because if you're, if your period's getting pushed to be longer, you know, you're ovulating later technically. So what's making you ovulate later, maybe too. So Ah, um, I love that. Yeah. um, Cause your body won't ovulate if it feels stressed. Um, Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, for obvious reasons, you don't want to make a baby if you're stressed and your body knows you're stressed. And this is why your period is your fifth vital sign because, it will let you know if you, um, if you're having too much stress or like if you're having some changes in your body that need to be dealt with, like your period is one of your first lines of defense as far as like letting you know something's up and, mm-hmm. and you know, preventative, um, yeah. being able to prevent whatever is manifesting in your body. So I think that's really, really yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of like menstruating and like menstrual blood, I just want to know, like, so I have, like, we and I have talked about this growing up, my mom, thank goodness, never would let me or my sister get on birth control. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like one of those things where like, okay, that's fine. You know, like, so I grew up not being on birth control. The only time I ever took it was after I had my son when I was 22 and I got on it for a little bit. And then shortly after I got pregnant with my daughter and then I never went back on it. So lucky for me, I probably only realistically had, you know, pharmaceutical birth control in my body for about 18 months to under two years, something like that. And I was just never big about it. And my mom would always tell me, she never wanted us on it. And she's like, I just don't feel right about you and your sister being on it. There's all these like, you know, chemically made hormones, you know, imagine what that's doing to your body. So I have always told my friends, cause I have some friends that do like Mirena or whatever, and that like, doesn't let you have a period at all. And I'm always like, you guys, that is so not natural. Like that your body like needs that process. And so what is your thoughts on like birth control and everybody who's listening, if you're on birth control, we're not judging you. I just want you to hear from Amber's perspective because she does this work, what she finds that this actually hurts or damages with our body if we're not actually allowing it to bleed every month. So I just want to know your take and thoughts around being on birth control and not allowing your body to bleed, like especially with Mirena that like literally stops it. Um, well, so th- these are my thoughts and, and I'm not going to like go into everything that birth control does to your body because, you know, that would be a whole podcast in itself, yeah. <laughs> um, but there, there are tons of resources out there if you want to learn more about, um, all of that. Um, there are really good books and there are podcasts to talk about it and plenty of resources just on Instagram alone about um, birth control or hormonal birth control. Um, 
So basically, kind of back to what I said earlier, you can only get pregnant like six to seven days out of your cycle. And when I tell women that, they are so shocked. They're like, what? So I've been taking this pill every single day for years to prevent pregnancy that can only happen six to seven days maybe out of my cycle. Um, yeah, so you only have that many days that you need protection really within your cycle. Um, and you can learn a little bit more about that if you want by looking up fertility awareness method. Um, and that teaches you how to learn the different um, phases in your cycle and, and, and understand when you're ovulating and when you can actually get pregnant and when you absolutely cannot get pregnant. And that method is very effective. It is like, I want to say like 98% effective. Um, wow. If you do the fertility awareness method, that is not the rhythm method. And I just want to be really clear about that because um, a lot of people think that the fertility awareness method and the rhythm method are the same thing. And the rhythm method is just basically timing your cycle by like, oh, I should be ovulating on day 12 to 14 or something like that. And that, that mm -hmm. is not, there's too much cycle variation for anyone to use the rhythm method and it work effectively. Um, so fertility awareness method is very different. But um, so what hormonal birth control does basically is it, um, if you're talking about the pill, mm -hmm. the pill um, basically turns off your natural normal cycles. Um, so it's completely stopped your period. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think they still have their period because they'll still take like the sugar pills or whatever and they'll still have a bleed and that is not actually a period that's a withdrawal bleed that's chemical oh and wow i had no i had no idea yeah yeah so you're not actually having a period um no matter what kind of if you're taking hormonal birth control that is not a period um so you have some of these pills that will skip that um and then you'll have some that you know or, or I guess it's up to you really if you take the, the pills that are like sugar pills um, that'll allow you to bleed, but you're not actually having a period. You're no longer going through a cycle anymore. Wow. And for me, that is like so sad um, because that cycle is your, that's what makes you female to me. Mm -hmm. That's like what that's what changes your energy. And, and a lot of people are like really into um, learning about the different phases, like what we talked about, spring, summer, fall, winter, mm -hmm. you know, all the different phases of your cycle. A lot of people really are interested in that, but then, you know, come to find out they're on hormonal birth control. And I'm like, that's not your experience then. Oh, wow. And that is not me like, once again, being judgmental or anything. Mm -hmm the need to take the pill I want you to do whatever you feel is best for you um, but you do not have that experience anymore um, you no longer have these different phases because your hormones don't um, react in the same way um, basically hormonal uh, birth control pills from what I understand shut your um, ovaries down to the point that they like shrivel up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
It also changes your ability to experience pleasure. And, mm -hmm. um, and then just from personal experience and from hearing from friends that have been on it and watching friends get off of it, working with clients getting off of it, um, just seeing women's personalities literally change um, mm -hmm. and people no longer be, you know, women are no longer attracted to their partners anymore after they come off of it. Wow. I've watched a marriage end. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it's really scary stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, do you, I'm sorry. Can I pause? Oops. Okay. Well, I think that's like super interesting that you talk about the way that hormonal birth control really does what it does to our body. Cause I literally had no idea that whenever you're on hormonal birth control, when you're having a quote unquote period, you're bleeding. It's not really an actual menstrual cycle, menstrual blood, like as that cycle should be. And I guess I never really researched it because I wasn't on it for a prolonged period of time. Um, I haven't taken any form of birth control and oh my gosh, like 14 years. And I'm so grateful. Like I've just never, it's always just been so weird to me. Like growing up, I just always thought things like, like medicine and this things like that were just so weird. And so this brings up such a good point where people need to hear this. And I'm so grateful now that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that my mom never had me or my sister get on it when she knew we were being sexually active. And so mm -hmm. many people who are listening right now may be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this either. And that is so crazy. And doctors don't tell us this. No, no, they don't. Um, I was on birth control before and no one ever told me any of this. And, um, and just to insert something in there about um, another form of birth control, the IUD. Um, mm -hmm. I had the IUD before, and I know a lot of women um, go with the copper IUD um, because it's hormone-free, um, but doctors also don't tell you how that works. Um, so the way the IUD works is it literally is made to irritate the uterus. So you cannot have implantation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, which means that a pregnancy can still occur, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's most likely not going to survive. So like you could still be getting pregnant with um, a copper IUD. Um, and so, yeah, it literally, the, the way it works is through irritating your uterus and creating inflammation in the body and I don't want inflammation in my body you know um and I've also heard of people using the copper IUD and then having like a lot of like um needing a lot of detox after that because of the copper in their system um because of it being a metal um so that's been an interesting thing too that's coming out recently with a lot of women that have used um the copper IUD that is um, crazy i had a friend actually um she had hers taken out and she went through this like 2 3 week period where 
she just was not right. Like mentally, her energy levels, she was having, I guess they called it like Mirena, like it's the IUD, like a Mirena flu. And it was just like, and I was like, when she was going through that and I'm like, listen to the way your body's reacting because that's just showing you that everything that was being pumped into your body hormonally or whatever was going on. I'm like, this is not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not. And, and I like that you said that, um, because the thing that I like to say to women a lot of the time is, um, there are so many things that are considered normal with our cycles and with birth control and the way we Mm -hmm. react control. And there are so many things that are considered normal that are not normal. They're common Mm -hmm. common because they're happening all the time, but that doesn't mean they're normal or okay. And we need better options. Um, Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So my, my thing with birth control is if it is what you choose to use, then just make sure that you're making an informed decision because so many of us don't know all of these things before we make the decision to be on birth control. Um, And there are other options that actually work um, that don't require you to use any sort of um, prescription to, Mm -hmm. or IUD or anything to um, keep yourself from getting pregnant. Um, And just know that you only have six to seven days out of your cycle that you can get pregnant. So like, just know that um, you only have to protect yourself so many days. So do you really want to be interfering with your cycle that much just for a few days? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just make an informed decision. Right. Wow. That was really good. That's really powerful. So let's dive into something else. I know another thing that you do, and I have actually come to you before and getting your recommendations on herbs, but it's Yoni steams. So I would love to for you to explain to people what a yoni steam is and what are the benefits of doing it and who should be doing it. Okay, um, so a yoni steam is basically a pelvic steam or steaming the vagina. Um, and it can be done on men as well. Um, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, men can do steams as well. I don't know that much about that, but I know that they can. (laughs) Um, And I know that it is a very, like, somatic healing process. Like, it's um, for men and women, I would imagine. Um, Because we hold a lot of tension and stress in our pelvis. And as a body worker, I've seen this in men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of issues with that. So, like, it is a very relaxing um, therapeutic modality. Um, it feels really good. Um, I, when I first tried it, I was so like, I first heard about it and I was like really into womb work and very into the woo and like so open-minded, but I was like, you want me to do what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was very resistant to it for a while. I didn't want to do it. And I went to actually a women's circle hosted by another Arvigo therapist. And this was before I did Arvigo. Um, And she hosted a circle where like, they had the steam stools out and, and we weren't full on steaming, but she just like let us sit on it 
and feel like through our clothes what it felt like to sit on the steam and it felt so good mm-hmm. and I was like okay this feels really good maybe I'll try this um so yoni steaming is just steaming with um herbs basically you can just steam with water if you want to or salt water even um but I find it very beneficial to steam with herbs and um I like to use a couple of like um herbs that I usually use when I steam are rose damiana um mugwort uh calendula um sometimes lavender basil um, yeah, there, there are a lot of herbs you can use and I use different, um, blends for different conditions. Um, so as far as like who should be steaming, it's really not like, I mean, you don't have to have a condition to need to steam. Like literally, like I said, men and women can do it. Um, it feels really great. It's really healing for the pelvis. Um, but as far as like how I use it in my practice, um, I have a lot of women who have, uh, what we call in our Vigo, like uterine congestion, basically, um, where they'll experience, um, like dark blood or clots. Um, and it really helps with that. Um, the, the steaming and the massage both are really great for helping with that and with, um, like menstrual cramps. Um, It's really soothing uh, to the uterus and it helps like basically clear the uterus out. Um, But in saying that, I want to mention you don't steam during your actual bleeding time. Um, It's really beneficial if you are trying to basically just have a healthier cycle and you're not trying to get pregnant um, to steam in the second half of your cycle after so like after ovulation up until menstruation and um, that just helps you have a healthier better cycle um, and better bleed Um, and then if you're trying to get pregnant you can actually use it to help increase your chances in the beginning of your cycle after menstruation Um, and then stop after, like at ovulation, you want to stop, obviously, if you're trying to get pregnant. Oh, I love that. And, um, like I had heard about Yoni steaming for a while and then I knew you talked about it. And so then I was like, oh, this, I think I want to do this. And so then I like talked to you and you gave me recommendations. So is that something that you, you offer as a service to people? Like they can like reach out and just get like, um, you know, just like if they just want to know, like, I want a Yoni steam and here's what's going on. Um, or do you prefer to like have a working relationship with people and build upon it that way? Um, I usually do a pretty thorough, um, like consultation and intake with them before I recommend herbs. And, you know, I asked you like a ton of questions and yeah, um, I like to have a consultation beforehand and um, that is something that I offer. I'll do just like a, you know, like a half hour consultation or whatever and um, send an intake over if you're not local and then I can give you kind of like, all right, this is what I want you to do. Um, Obviously I can't do massage, you know, for people that aren't local unless you come visit me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But um, I do like, 
like to help as much as I can through online consultation. I love that. I love that. And so like back to your Arvigo technique massage. So just explain like that process of kind of how a session would run because I've never experienced it and I didn't, I didn't know what it was until you started to talk about it. So how does that vary from just getting like therapeutic body work? Mm, well, I could talk about Arvigo all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Arvigo is so, 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 so incredible. Um, I recommend that every woman look up a, a provider in her area, and you can on their website. Um, I think it's just arvigotherapy.com. Um, you can find a provider in your area if you just put in your zip code, I believe. Um, but basically, Arvigo concentrates on... Um, or it works by focusing on alignment within the body. Um, the uterus is held in place by 14 ligaments. And uh, a lot of times what happens is those ligaments get overstretched or you'll get um, basically like adhesions in the fascia. And um, what it does is it prevents, it either prevents mobility of the uterus so the uterus can't move and the uterus needs to move um, or it will, um, the uterus will get like kind of knocked out of place or moved out of place. Um, and basically if you think about how that affects things in the body, it's, um, preventing the flow. So it's preventing flow of energy. It's preventing the flow of blood, which is what carries hormones. A lot of women don't realize that they think their hormones work kind of like Wi-Fi signal of like, yeah, my hormones just show up. <laughs> and they, your hormones actually travel through your blood. And so if you're not getting good blood flow, you're, you know, affecting your hormone balance. Um, so when the uterus gets moved in a position that's not optimal, that affects your hormones. And so a lot of women are helped just by getting our VR massage. And, um, Part of what I love is with Arvigo, we all teach you self-care. So in your first visit, you'll get an Arvigo treatment from us, but we'll also teach you the self-care to do the massage at home. And we'll teach you how to do yoni steaming. We'll teach you how to do castor oil packs, which is another modality. Um, we'll give you what you need to take care of your own health and put that in your own hands. And we're really big on that because we believe that the process of healing doesn't happen in one session in our office. Like you need to take this home and the process of healing needs to happen on your time. You know, you need to be mm -hmm. very committed in this process. And yeah. uh, my teacher, Dr. Arvigo is big on like, if someone comes in and they say, you ask them if they've done their self-care and they say no she's like well they only get to complain about one thing <laughs> <laughs> like you need to be doing your self-care so mm -hmm. um so yeah the basically if you come in and get an arvigo massage it's going to look like um you're going to have a very 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 thorough intake um it's about eight pages long i believe um and you're going to fill that out in office and go over that with us. And a lot of the appointment is just us getting to know you and your cycle and your diet and your lifestyle. And we ask you all sorts of things. We ask you about um, 
your spirituality. We ask you about your mental health. We ask you about, like I said, your diet, your digestion. Um, we ask you about your sexual health. Um, we ask all sorts of questions and we really get to know who you are and what your lifestyle is like. Um, and then we will do a massage with you. And like I said, we'll teach you self-care for you to go home and we'll give you a whole follow-up plan. Um, we also do um, like herbal remedies. Uh, we have a certain set of herbal remedies that we um, provide to our clients. And we do other supportive modalities like the yoni steaming and the castor oil packs. I love that. And what I love that you say, and I'm so big on this, but the, the work that I do being like, you know, doing like Reiki sessions, shamanic work, past life regression, and like um, sacred soul coaching is you are giving them invitations. You're giving them tools to keep the healing going and the mm -hmm. medicine going through their body when they are away from you. And I think that is so, so, so key because this is kind of the same thing that I do. I will always tell clients, you know, you know, we'll talk about what happened in a session and then I'll say, these are the intuitive recommended invitations that I invite you into. These will keep the healing going because the real healing occurs when you are away because it's so easy to rely on people such as yourself or myself to facilitate, to hold the space and to do the work. But the real integration piece comes when people are away from you and they need to be able to feel empowered that they are their own inner healer. And I think that you saying that is such a beautiful, beautiful aspect that a lot of people don't realize it's like we're activating we're helping to bridge the the gap of communication for all those pieces to come into integration and then we give you whatever tools guides invitations to do and it's through you showing up and doing it that creates that energetic momentum for that self-healing to continue and I, I love that you said that Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You put that like really beautifully. I mean, it's, it's all about putting all of it together and that's, that's what we're there for. We're just there to help you kind of bridge the gap between mm -hmm. like your, basically yourself and your body and your spirit and your energy and just understanding how all those things intersect and intertwine and understanding like how important it is to be literate in that and to understand what's going on and be present with that. And it's just awareness. Like it just starts with just gentle awareness and placing those tools in someone's hands. Absolutely. And I, I love that. I'm so, I'm so big on that with everything that I do. And I love to hear from other people that are in that same energetic frequency of work of being a healer, being a teacher, being a guide and I think that that is, is awesome. I think everybody needs to hear that who's listening on the podcast, like people such as myself or Amber, we hold the space, we, we connect and we integrate the pieces. We bring you back home to you. And we're, we're, what we're doing is we're creating that divine reunion and we're helping you commune. But it's what's really vital is what happens when you're out of our energy vortex, because it's so easy to be so fully invested in the work when you're around somebody like ourselves, because we're so invested in this work as well. But once you leave, 
it's up to you to show up to keep that energy circulating and to really take you know advice and look at like the invitations we're giving you because we're not just pulling these out of our ass <laughs> you know we're we've done these and we've given them to people so we know how they're going to work and i know amber amber is extremely intuitive and she is a fellow witchy woman and so we really rely on ourselves being a channel for this energy to flow through and we're not just giving you concepts out of teachings we are giving you some of what we have learned but we're mixing it with our own intuitive knowingness based on communicating with your energy is that kind of how you feel about the work that you do too amber yeah yeah i mean there's so much of it that is um just me stepping up, stepping back and allowing um, and it's a very energetic work and it's working with um, the energies of people and, and the pelvis especially. It's just very, a very energetic space. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, before we wrap up our podcast together, I just want to ask you this question. This is the question I'm asking all of my, all of my guests who are going to be on these soul sessions with me. And since this podcast is called Soulfully Awakened, I just want to know what your interpretation around the energy of what does it mean to be soulfully awakened to you? Mm, um, um, probably being present and being mm -hmm. um, grounded in who you are, just remembering who you are and what your gifts are, what you're here to give and devoting yourself to those things over and over again. Um, just devoting yourself to your own path every day. I love that. That's so, that's so beautiful. And I'm just, I'm super excited. I'm just always interested to hear what that means to other people because this is what this podcast is all about. It's about soulfully awakened and it's about your soul reawakening to who you've always been. And I think that is a beautiful explanation about being present remembering your gifts, reclaiming your gifts and being in service of your gifts. And that's the gift that you can give to your community and the world around you. So I think that is such a beautiful explanation. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, before we go, um, why don't you let people know how or where they can find you and connect with you? Um, well, the easiest way that most people connect these days is um, through Instagram. And my Instagram is um, between two moons. Um, so it's between T-W-O moons. Um, and I'm also, uh, I have a website that's between two moons healing.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook. I have um, a Facebook page that is between two moons. So it's really easy to find me. <laughs> awesome. And I will also make sure to, in the show notes, to link Amber's Instagram page, her Facebook page, and her website. So if any of you guys out there listening want to follow her on Instagram, she shares a lot, a lot about womb wisdom, about your moon cycles, all about the energetics around really appreciating our menstruality. She has a lot of free information that she gives. She also, she didn't mention this, but I will, um, she created an herbal elixir. So that's something else she's really passionate about. She, do you have your eBooks available yet? Or are you working on an eBook? 
I'm working on an ebook right now um, on the premenstrual phase and um, the archetype of La Loba. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really witchy and kind of like shamanic practice mm. of menstrual phase. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, you know that I'm, I'm down for all that witchy woman kind of stuff. So I love that. Yeah, so, it, it should be ahead. out there. <laughs> Yeah. So keep, if you guys follow her on Instagram, she'll keep you updated on that. But if you're wanting to dive in deeper to understanding the energetics of your cycles, uh, working with your womb space, the sacred wisdom and knowledge that's there, Amber is a really great resource. And if you are in the area where Amber is, definitely hook up with her, get an Arvigo massage. She is just awesome. And if you're not I know some people I've referred to her and they have sent out messages because they're interested in, you know, the type of work that she does. And I think that's really awesome. So this is a platform to connect you to beautiful souls that I have gotten to know and that I want to share with the world. And you guys just got a beautiful, lovely little mini introduction into Amber. I'm sure we could have talked forever because I feel like we could have had a whole entire podcast just about our cycle within bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> maybe one day we'll do that but I just want to thank you so much for being on my podcast today Amber I so appreciate you and all of your beautiful witchy wisdom oh thank you for having me this was wonderful well, you're so welcome well guys thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time